And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey folks, welcome into Onto Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. Uh, I'm going to give you a shout at the top, Sahadev. Uh, you had a great piece at The Athletic that just went up today. Or so I'm told, because I haven't had a chance <laughs> to read it yet. So we are totally not going to discuss the magnificent, glorious, wonderful piece that Sahadev just put up on the Cubs prospect situation at South Bend, maybe? Yes? Yes. Very good. All right. Good job, yes. Brett. I'm Did it. guessing. Now let's talk about other stuff. No, but seriously, read it. As always, you know, I just I got a plug. These guys, they do great work at The Athletic. It's going to be uh, an important, transformative, interesting offseason for the Cubs. And I have uh, no doubt that Patrick and Sahadev will have excellent work. Uh, and also the national guys at The Athletic. Just fantastic stuff all offseason. Um, so what we wanted to talk about today, because because of the nature of this offseason, there are going to be so many um, talking points, discussion points. There's something that we haven't really gotten into. You know, for as much as we've talked um, about the offense, about the trade value of pieces, sort of the awkwardness of where the Cubs are, uh, Theo Epstein's future, the general needs in the rotation, the prospects. I mean, we've talked hit on all that stuff, but it occurred to me this week that something that um, and I don't just mean us here at Onto Waveland, but sort of the broader Cubs internet thinkosphere have not really talked at all about two pitchers in the Cubs rotation, two outgoing pitchers. You know, we we talk openly about all these holes in the rotation and we talk about John Lester's importance and exit, but we don't talk about the other two guys that are leaving and creating the very holes that we have talked about so much. And that's Jose Quintana and Tyler Chatwood, each of whom is wrapping up their team control. Of course, uh, Quintana acquired in trade a few years ago and and what um, I think was seen at the time as a very important move for those 2017 Cubs a very costly trade in terms of the, the prospect cost. Of course, Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease now at the White Sox. And it's a deal that I think most would say probably didn't quite work out the way the Cubs were hoping. And now Quintana uh, hits free agency for the first time in his career. Uh, and with Tyler Chatwood, another deal that I think most would say made sense at the time. Uh, I dug it. I dug the under the hood reasons for going after Tyler Chatwood. And although there were some fits and spurts in there that looked really solid overall, I think you'd have to say it was a deal that probably didn't quite work out the way uh, people were hoping. And so I think because of those reasons, uh, that's why there isn't maybe a lot of talk about, okay, what did this, what does their exit mean? What could the Cubs do instead? What does their market look like? All of these things. I think instead, most Cubs fans and most of the Cubs punditry are um, thinking, okay, those deals are over now, moving on. And, and I think that's kind of the, been the, the extent of our 
thinking about it, and we probably should direct a little more conversation to these guys, and particularly given that um, it isn't unthinkable that there could be a reunion or two to discuss. Yeah, you know what? Something that you just brought up with Chatwood making sense at the time, I think that's a great lesson, maybe not for people in baseball, but for all of us analyzing baseball and saying, hey, look, this guy has great spin rate. And this guy does this. It's like if he just uses that curveball more, if he just learns to pitch up in the zone more, uh, he could be a great pitcher. It's so easy to say that. It's another thing to convince a pitcher who's pitched a certain certain way for their entire career to do those things to have confidence in doing that and then to execute it and then to really change the way they pitch and do that so it's not it, it very rarely is it that charlie morton okay yeah i'm gonna use my curveball all the time flip the switch and it and he becomes a uh you know top of the rotation guy chat would clearly showed flashes of that talent but he also i think it's it's clear that it was a process for him to really a trust that that type of that that way to pitch would be effective and and that uh, and for him to really go out and do it. And I think we saw that starting up at the beginning of the season where he was using his pitches differently. Obviously, he kind of fell apart. He had the bad outing. He got hurt. We never saw him again. Uh, I'm I, with both of them. I, I struggle to think of. I feel like the. I mean, we're we're clearly in a transition period with the Cubs, right? They want to compete in twenty twenty one, but they also they there's they need to know what they have with certain guys. So they do need at least one more uh, solid pitcher, in a sense, or a known commodity uh, to add into Hendricks and and Darvish. I, I guess we've always just kind of assumed that if it's going to be one of those three. Uh, coming back, it would be Lester, right? He makes sense in the sense that uh, he's a leader. He fits in the clubhouse. He he has the right kind of like this is a guy you want mentoring your young uh, younger pitchers as well. Although you could say the same for Hendricks and Darvish. I mean, those are two great pitchers as well. And and clearly, uh, Hendricks is is starting to emerge as a leader as well. Uh, but uh, I've always leaned Lester, and I think most people do if you're going to pick one of those three. But it also. I, I don't know what Quintana is anymore. I, I just don't. I, I haven't seen what he is as a six-inning starter in over a year now. I don't know uh, what type of changes he's made to really make himself effective to go deep into a game. Chatwood, we saw the flashes. What type of money is he going to command? What type of situation can the Cubs guarantee him as far as rotation uh, as opposed to what other teams can do uh, and offer him? Uh, especially role for both of them. The Cubs may see Quintana towards the end of the season say, hey, this guy is intriguing as a 2-3 inning guy coming out of the pen. Like, how are we going to be creative? How are we going to move forward with our rotation? We don't have to go and get the 7-8-9 inning guys anymore because that's not the way baseball is played right now. I mean, just watch the playoffs. Uh, but but will Quintana want to be that guy coming out of the bullpen to to help uh, you know help your four inning starter whoever that may be Alec Mills is you know goes four or five innings a start and Quintana comes in and relieves him is that a role that he wants to embrace or can he go find a starting job with a with another a guaranteed rotation spot with another organization those are like my initial thoughts when I think about those two guys what sort of role would they hold with the Cubs and what are the Cubs 
what did the Cubs want during this transition period as far as how mu- how many spots do they want open and who do they want to give those spots to uh, and how locked in are Mills and Alzale and how desperate are they? I shouldn't say desperate. How eager are they to see what those two can do over the course of a full season? Yeah, I mean, the Cubs, let's start with this, almost never rule out a reunion. They always say, oh, he's a great, great guy, great teammate, great in the clubhouse. We think there's a lot there. You know, we're going to stay in touch. And then players love playing with the Cubs. I mean, they get treated really well. You know, they pretty much can do whatever – Pre-COVID, I'm talking here. You know, it was do whatever you want. You know, it was pretty laissez-faire. You got um, every amenity you ever could have wanted. You train in basically in Scottsdale. Um, so I have no doubt that there's going to be you know mutual interests on a lot of these. I just have a hard time thinking. You know, if they're stuck with a lot of these hitters, are they really going to run it back with uh, largely the same group of starting? pitchers and I think with some of these guys are gonna have to you know get something that's a little more certain than Chatwood and maybe that has more upside than Quintana and I'm thinking as much as you know John Lester does make sense and no one ruled it out I was just kind of you know, thinking today of Cole Hamels a guy who has been compared to John Lester really throughout their careers like they'd watch each other's starts on on video to prepare for upcoming opponents and their contracts were kind of benchmarks for each other like I realize you know no one is getting 18 million dollars the way Cole Hamels did this year but he showed up to spring training before the pandemic kind of hurt and made one start for the Braves and that was it and I think oh there's probably a danger with that in bringing back John Lester too, right? I mean, at a certain point, he's just not going to have it anymore as much as he's always has this, you know, kind of another level to get to this, this reservoir, all this know-how, the willpower at a certain point, there's going to be nothing left. And I'm just wondering if the Cubs are going to be kind of running it back on with, with their lineup. If that's the way the kind of market forces them into that corner, they got to have got to shoot for something, (laughs) Uh, on the pitching side to kind of sell not just their fans and the media, but themselves. Like they can't be showing up to Mesa next year and looking around being like, Oh wait, this is like the exact same team except for like two bench guys. That's a really great point that I hadn't considered it in that way. You know, you think about um, there, there isn't in a lot of ways, there isn't any relationship between the pitching and the hitting. They, they live in entirely separate spheres and in theory, you know, running it back on one side shouldn't have anything to do with running it back on the other, except for what you just said, which is the idea that, like, at some point when you have the same kinds of failings years in a row, you're, you're, you're not going to get great buy-in if you run back entirely the same team on both sides of the ball because it's like, guys, they want something to believe in, some, some kind of newness, some kind of change. That's a good, that's a good point. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So when we talk about 
Quintana and Chatwood. Um, although we can have the specific conversations about them, which is interesting um, because, you know, both are coming off shortened injured seasons in this weird year. They're not going to be able to command huge contracts. Arguably each could be looking for the same thing, which is like a one year, get me a rotation job deal. And let's just see what happens after this year. Um, if that's the case, I think there are, a number of ways to argue that they are a perfect fit for the Cubs in 2021 and a horrible fit for the Cubs in 2021. And it depends on what your perspective is about what the year should be, because with these open rotation spots, you know, if the point of 2021 is for the Cubs to really ball out one last ride, last dance style, you know what? We couldn't make the trades we wanted this off season. So we're just going to run it back and we're just really going to push as much as we can realistically. Um, that's financially doable this year. Well then arguably bringing back guys who aren't going to get monster contracts, but who are otherwise potentially solid rotation pieces makes sense. Um, in another way, if you are um, seeing 2021 in the way that I think the three of us mostly see it, and I think the Cubs, it's just my sense is what the Cubs are going to see, which is to try to make the moves they can this offseason to um, compete in 2021, but also build for the future, and then kind of feel out what 2021 is like in the first half, and then maybe sell off if it's not a clear winner. Then again, you could see, yeah, you bring these guys back on a one-year deal, and then, hey, you remember those uh, flippable pieces? You remember those uh, those deals where it was like every year, sign a guy for one year, and we we knew the score. We knew what that guy was, was, was being brought in to do. Um, maybe it makes sense in that respect. But here's the way it doesn't make a lot of sense, and I want to get your guys' feeling on this, is when the Cubs were filling out the bullpen for this year, one of the things that I liked the most about the lack of signing any surefire guys um, was a team like the Rays, which we are watching them in the postseason. Every freaking inning, they are bringing in some pitcher that casual fan has never heard of, and the dude is throwing upper 90s with ridiculous stuff, and it's like they grow them on trees. And yeah, their pitching development is a big part of that, no question. But another part of the ability to like hit on a random, you know, Jason Adam is not just that you find him and you coach him up and you try to develop and whatever. You have to have the innings available too. You have to actually be able to give them meaningful innings to see what's what. And this past year, now unfortunately it was short, but this past year was really going to be the first year that the Cubs actually did that in the bullpen. And I think even in the shortened time frame, we could see like it might have worked. Like they might have really been done a good job targeting guys, coaching them up, and then finding pieces that that uh, not only worked this year but could could stick around for a bit. When it comes to the rotation, they've never done that. Not not during this competitive window. And and I get it for good reason. They've gotten really good results from the rotation overall, um, and it's because they have have targeted known quantities and done well because they weren't able to develop them internally. And so when I look at 2021 and the transition after that, you know, I got to say, if you're thinking about it like the bullpen and you're thinking about maybe the Cubs have some guys percolating up, uh, wouldn't you rather dedicate some of those innings and those starts to 
again, really knowing what you have in Alzali, really giving Alec Mills a chance to improve against lefties, um, really trying to target some non-tendered guy who's still young and that you want to try to coach up and break out, rather than, uh, a, you know, a Chatwood or a Quintana that even if it goes right, like, what have you really bought yourself? You've bought yourself a, a decent year, a competitive year, maybe a guy you can trade, but like, did you really help bridge that gap for 2021? Did you really find out some information? So that's kind of how I've started to think about the rotation um, for 2021 or, you know, the, the open parts of it. I'm kind of thinking about it like the bullpen. Yeah. You know, uh, I think about uh, the fact that back in 2012, 13, 14, what the Cubs advantage was, was they had opportunity for all those guys looking to build up their value again right they're like hey we have three open spots we may not go to the playoffs this year uh, you know that <laughs> i don't know what their pitch was <laughs> hopefully they weren't saying we're going to be terrible sign with us uh but, <laughs> but they had a clear open spots and and they, they they knew what their plan was the plan was hey if these guys pitch great and we're a good team great if these guys pitch great and we're a bad team bonus we can trade these guys at the deadline and and build for the future which is the plan uh right now they don't exactly have that to sell but they do have some opportunity to sell in the sense that what you just described is i guess when when you describe what you just described brett i i get it i agree with it but my what i say immediately to that is they should find those guys on one-year deals who are who they believe can uh, provide the maximum value right so if that answer comes back to we've been working our butts off with tyler chatwood and he wants to he wants a one-year deal to just prove it over a full season he's healthy it was some weird stuff that just happened he's trying to rush back during a shortened season all this stuff whatever it is right if they believe that he's the guy that they saw for those first whatever starts it was and he looked great they believe they can get that for you know 28 starts or whatever then then you then you give them that one year deal right you give them those starts and and if they're you're a bad team by july 31st you trade them for a lot uh potentially a lot and and if not then hey you're competing and you have a a nice little pickup that that's going to be a part of your rotation that you helped create right your your pitching infrastructure helped helped maximize this guy's talent and and i you know i i I think they know him they know his work ethic they know all those things they know what he can do what he can't do what he's comfortable with all those different things so there is an advantage there of saying let's go back to uh chatwood if that's who they really believe but if they identify four non-tender candidates or whatever you know you know a handful of guys is like this guy needs to be doing this more. And and I know Tommy Hodby loves to look at outside outside the organization. There are there are pitchers all across baseball who he's like, I've I've wanted this guy for a while. We have him now. I saw him use this pitch and I was like, why is he not using this pitch more? So so they they're always looking at stuff like that. It's not just it's not just the scouts, the R and D, the coaching staff. They, they know what they like. They know what types of things they believe in, what type of philosophies they believe work. And, and they and they'd love to work with other pitchers uh, as well, because they're like, I think there's more in this. Uh, so so it's a it's up to them to identify those candidates. Uh, my ultimately what I'm saying is if the, the, there's a chance that that candidate is the one that they just had. 
right, is one of the guys they had. But I agree with what you're saying that I don't think they should go out unless they're going for it and they, they all of a sudden decide, hey, yeah, we have money to spend on Marcus Stroman and Trevor Bauer and, and you know, try and win a World Series aggressively in 2021. That's not what they're going to do. So, so go a route where you can give guys a chance. Uh, like like Alzali, like Alec Mills, like uh, Corey Abbott, if he turns out to be ready by midsummer and, and there's an open rotation spot, Tyson Miller, whoever, guys like that as well, uh, and, and as well as Braylon Marquez at some point, but also guys that are undervalued on the free agent market. They need to identify that. They nailed it. I, I shouldn't say they nailed it. They did a really good job of it with the bullpen this year. They need to continue to do that probably with the bullpen as well. But but it needs to be extended to the rotation and like we said with the, with the with the position players as well they 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 can't just they can't solely rely on their big money uh, players delivering their high draft picks delivering because as we see across baseball that's not always how it works the best teams have those guys delivering they need you need those guys too I'm not saying you don't need them but I'm saying you need to do a good job as an organization to identify undervalued players. And, and truly maximize that talent. I just think bringing back Chatwood and Quintana would just be a total lack of imagination on the part of the front office that both these guys are in their early 30s now. Uh, it's not their fault, but they're identified with some of the most disappointing seasons in Cubs history. And that's recent and that's relative to where the franchise was for like the previous hundred years i get that i mean they still managed to you know win 90 plus games make the playoffs win a division this year and they are both good guys and commanded a lot of respect within the clubhouse and in the media for the way that, that they've handled everything and you know chat with legitimate injuries the guy's hurt he, he can't perform but i mean is he gonna get a guaranteed major league contract this off season. And I think that's going to be a tell of kind of where the economics go, because I think it's hard to just give him a rotation spot considering he's never made 30 starts and never come close to 200 innings. And I think this is an area where the Cubs have been good in the past. Uh, I think the problem was giving Chatwood like three years and whatever it was, $36 million at the time on kind of this upside. I think sometimes they can overthink, these things and and I think to a certain extent it's going to be that way with the John Lester decision too of like you know the Rays are able to, as Brett alluded to and Sahadev alluded to of, are able to do some of these things because they're the Rays because they're in Tampa Bay because you know they're not the Yankees who were still you know going to be mentioning their, their their use of an opener it's going to be relitigated until they win another World Series like they don't get that criticism that second guessing. It's easier to get buy-in on guys who aren't household names and don't have huge contracts. And I think at a certain point, maybe, you know, they do. This is kind of a time for a clean break from from John Lester. I'm not necessarily advocating for that. I don't think they've made up their minds. I think it's going to be a hard decision either way. But, yeah, at a certain point, like, you need change for change's sake. I know as Theo said you can't do that, you know, maybe two or three off-seasons ago. But the Cubs are kind of getting – box into corner here where they're going to have to do something different just for the sake of doing something different. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, I think we can actually kind of bundle this discussion up because it, it went you know pretty much exactly where I, I think was appropriate for um, summing up why there isn't this enthusiasm to be like, you know what, they should just bring back Ozzy Quintana and Tyler Chatwood. Because I I think both of you hit on exactly the polls um, that lead us not to have that discussion. You know, Sahadev, you're spot on right that ultimately it doesn't matter who the guy is. You're supposed to be making these decisions based on who, from whom can we extract the most value, whatever that looks like, whatever the goal is for 2021. And Mooney's also exactly right that, we know the Cubs aren't looking to tank in 2021. You know, they'd like to win. And if you'd like to win where you're going to have so many of the same guys coming back, you're going to have to make changes somewhere at this point. You just have to. It's, it's, it isn't just a media narrative. It's a story you have to be able to sell to your organization. And um, it isn't that Quintana and Chat would have to be the fall guys for that because clearly they are not. Um, it's just that, I don't know. There's going to be other opportunities. There's going to be other opportunities for them. There's going to be other opportunities internally for the Cubs. And we hope there's going to be more opportunities for the Cubs to target uh, guys that they think they can do a better job extracting that value this offseason. And, um, you know, that that all leaves mostly undiscussed. The question, the finances, both for the Cubs and for pitchers of this tier, like, Man, you could throw out numbers for what guys like Chatwood and Quintana are going to get that range from, oh, actually, they are getting a pretty decent one-year deal to, nope, they've got to take a minor league deal and prove it. Uh, it wouldn't shock me. Nothing, it just it just wouldn't shock me at this point. And so, um, you know, we'll get into more of that next time because by the next time we speak, the World Series will be uh, kicking off. And I think that we're going to quickly approach a time where there are going to be some market jumpers. I think we're going to see some market jumping extensions. I think we're going to see some very early free agent signings that are that are shocking in one direction or another. Because I think this year, unlike many others, teams and players are, are going to try to beat the market because it's going to be so bizarre. 
So anyway, we'll get to that next time uh, with you. And we want to thank you guys, as always, for listening to On to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I'm Brett Taylor. You can check out my stuff at BleacherNation.com. And then, of course, uh, Patrick Mooney and Sahadev Sharma. They've got great stuff at The Athletic. Thank you so much for listening. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.